Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the All In Football Fantasy Premier League show. Uh, it's episode 46. I'm your host, the FPL guru, Alex Rex. And joining me today are my two most usual suspects, most recently, Scott Williams and Barry Stokes. And today we're going to be talking about all things the World Cup. Scott, have you watched every game or uh, how much have you taken <laughs> in? I'd say 95% of the games I've watched. The only games I've not seen is when I've been playing football myself. So last Thursday was the only game I didn't, I don't think I've kept an eye on. So yeah, I would, would say 95% of the games watched. Baz, you've been keeping up keeping up with, uh, with the World Cup? Or should I ask? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you've probably seen about 70, 70% of the games. So yeah. Good. So. Nice, nice. Um, I will. Uh, we will. We will start by covering off a few uh, more topical, topical topics at this very moment in time. I felt like um, we definitely don't want to be a political podcast in any way, shape, or form. But I feel like we couldn't really get through um, a World Cup, a World Cup podcast without mentioning Qatar and, and the hosting of the World Cup. Uh, and obviously, there are the obvious controversies um, out there of, uh, of um, homophobia, misogyny, and uh, and, and the uh, the migrant workers having horrendous working conditions, and obviously the deaths of those people in the build up to the tournament. So um, it, it's definitely been a controversial one, as we could tell by the pitch invader, who uh, was had all three <laughs> different um, different things he was uh, wanted to raise awareness to in the middle of one game. But uh, I, I wanted to throw it open to you guys. Have you you had anything to to, to add on that? Um, have you have you felt like it's affected you at all in terms of the, the watching of the World Cup? I think it's a negative thing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm throwing this a, a bit open to you without much preparation. But what what are your thoughts on the World Cup being hosted in Qatar? Yeah. Well, um, it needs to be spread out for starters because I've got some stats on it. Europe's had. Had it 11 times, South America's had it five, North America three, Africa one, and Asia two, and that's including Qatar. So mm. it needs spreading out. Obviously, Europe and South America's had it quite a lot. That's because obviously the nation is probably the best and the more chance of winning it, but still, that shouldn't be a factor in it. Um, they've done a lot of sports sports washing. Um, obviously, got the got the whole World Cup and, and hiding all these the facts that obviously you touched upon, like obviously migrant workers, the women, their position on LGBT, um, and other allegations going across as well, such as bribing, said blatter and all that. Um, but it's 2022. Yes, they're, they're living in the Stone Age with all the all the politics stuff, but it needs to be spread out all over the all over the world. It's a World Cup, not South America and Europe. Yeah, no. I, uh, I, so that's my opinions on it. Yes, I don't agree with obviously how it is, and and obviously yes, the World Cup is great to watch. Um, you see, obviously, what it means to to countries that have, have done really well, such as Saudi Arabia versus Argentina, and countries that haven't done so well, such as my my country. But um, we're not. <laughs> we'll get we'll get, we'll get to Wales. We'll get we'll get to Wales, Baz. We'll get to Wales. Scott, your your, your thoughts on it? Anything to, yeah. anything to add to that? Yeah, just from a, a, a slightly different perspective, kind of like this is the least excited I've ever been for a World Cup slash European Championship going into it. I must say, um, but I, I think Tom um, he he read an article by the Athletic and 
And it, it really brought home. We shouldn't feel guilty to watch the World Cup. It wasn't our decision for the World Cup to be in Qatar. Um, for me, I've really enjoyed watching the best players on this world right now playing football because I love the game of football. So that's why I've watched pretty much every game. I'm enjoying watching the games. I love the drama. Going into it, I was probably like, you know, I'd, I'd want England to win, but would I be as bothered if England wins because World Cup was in Qatar? Couldn't give a crap now. Now I've got really into it. I want England to win. Um but yeah, it's it's a funny one. My my, my cousins at my cousins over there actually at the minute, and uh, I, I messaged him say asking how it was going and that. And he says like the, the probably the nicest people he's ever come across is that because he's a straight white male potentially. But mm-hmm. um, I think like there's certain certain conversations to be had. But from a spectator point of view, it's not we don't get paid money to sit there and judge whether we're going to watch the World Cup or not. Uh, that's just enjoy football because we love the game of football. I think just to to, to wrap up, the, the only point I kind of wanted to make on it was that as long as the conversations are still happening about not just in Qatar, but across the board, across the whole world about equality, equal rights, lack of racism, you know, homophobia, all these things, as long as the conversations are still happening and we don't completely forget about it all because of the football, then actually, hopefully, the fact that the football is there has raised awareness to the fact that there are these problems still in existence um, in other parts of the world. So as long as as long as the sport is using it to help raise awareness, then even with the One Love armbands, you know, it was, a, it was an absolute nightmare. They've got told they can't use it and threaten them with yellow cards and all this, that and the other, but... I also just want to, from the on the flip side of that, you know, people have been they've been called the England players bottle jobs because they they wouldn't wear them and stuff. I, like I, I actually think that the the whole the fact that FIFA turned around and said no, you're not allowed to wear them, and you know Infantano's ridiculous speech at the beginning of the World Cup just again raises awareness to the absolute the, the, these these ridiculous people that that run the that run the thing. And also that these problems are in existence. So as long as we don't forget about that because of the football, I don't think, again, we should feel guilty about the fact that the football is happening. We should enjoy it. We should support our, our country, countries um, and, uh, and move forward from, from there. Uh, but yeah, just want to spend a couple of minutes on that at the very beginning um, of, the, of the podcast before we, uh, we move on to a couple of the other topics before we talk about the World Cup. So Liverpool and Manchester United are both up for sale currently. Um, or open to different methods of funding and different investment opportunities. Uh, Baz, your 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 take and, and thoughts on on these these clubs being up for sale. What do you? What well, do you it, it, with with obviously the Glazers being in charge of money, the, there was a lot of um, supporters not happy with the green and yellow flags, and then also they made their own club as well, the FC of, of United as well. The, they made that team up to, to try and obviously compete against Glazers, but obviously that didn't work out as as well as they thought. But I think if 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 I was a buyer and it'd be nice if it was, but you, yeah. you'd go obviously the you'd go for the Liverpool option because of obviously the recent history. But the value of of Man U at this current moment of time is the only way is kind of up with them really. Obviously, the the merchandise as well that they will sell. Yes, they've got Ronaldo's gone. We'll touch upon that later. But it 
did both of the fans both the fans wanted it, their owners out. And uh, I'm I'm in the same with same with my 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 um club, Swansea City. I don't like the owners, but at the end of the day, they're paying the wages. And as long as they're doing that and I'm watching my team play when I when I can, then I'm happy. Yes, I'm not happy with the transfer budgets that, that I get for my club, but Liverpool's budgets and stuff I they bought in, is it Klopp that doesn't want these players, or is it the owner that's saying, "No, oh, we can't, you can't buy him because it's going to be too much money"? Um, I'm only seeing what I can see. I don't know the inside scoop like um, some other people might know. Um, for example, like Cully probably would would know more than more about that. And and obviously, I'm not my new fan. Alex, you're a my new fans. Um, so you probably know more the inside stuff, and I can only see what I can see, and I don't know why there's a hatred for the owners. The owners well, pay United's <laughs> United's owners. It's quite simple, really. They, I mean, they did a leverage buyout, which there was nothing, nothing wrong with. That's business, you know. That's the way it is. That's life. But then they've never paid off the the debts. They've had plenty of money to be able to do so, and it's ended up meaning that yeah. we paid between in between seven hundred and fifty million and two billion pounds worth of interest on these loans, whilst we've not spent any money on the infrastructure of the club. We've thrown it all on on star players trying to fix a problem. So it's I think the the whole infrastructure of the club is has been a Latin Latin investment, um, and Liverpool have kind of got the complete opposite problem. They've had not enough money kind of spent on the squad to keep them at that level, um, offering players wages. Just Salah's had a big weight, for example. And like you say, you know, certain Liverpool fans will know more about it than I will do, but it feels like they've almost got the opposite problem. Um, yeah, well, I, is that is that the owner's fault or is that Klopp's fault for not saying I want these players? I don't know. This is this is the thing you, you'll you'll never you'll never really know. But I can't imagine if someone said to him in the summer you can have Bellingham, he would say no. Like it's just. You know, and, and I, I almost feel like Liverpool fans are the signing of Jude Bellingham away from being actually really happy with them. Not obviously other than the Super League stuff, which is you know completely ridiculous um, and out of touch. I also feel like Chelsea being sold for four point two five billion pounds in the summer uh, has made both owners sit there and go, oh, "Crap, our clubs are worth more than we thought they were." So we might actually try and you know get and there's buyers for them like Morgan Stanley and whatever were were the agents who were dealing with the sale. And, um, the, you know, there were buyers that missed out. It's like selling a house. It's like the job that I do, selling a, selling a pub. <laughs> well, there's buyers that missed out on this one. There's another two pubs down the road that are on the market at the same price. Do you want to send them down there? The job's dead easy. So it always feels like they've they've um, they've, they've done that. Um, Scott, did you watch the Ronaldo interview? I've, I've seen all the clips of it, yeah, I have. Did, what did... Um, uh, what did you What did you make of uh, of good old Cristiano? Not just claiming the goal yesterday, not the day of yesterday, the day before yesterday that didn't touch his head, but um, which is still funny. But what did you make of the whole interview and everything surrounding it? Yeah, I mean, you're going to be you, you, first of all, you, you're a striker. You're going for all the records. Plus, you realise that Scott Williams has got a bet on you to score with a header, um, <laughs> which I was buzzing that I thought I'd won. But anyway, bye to the bye. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's taking forcing a move to, you know, new extremes, isn't it? You know, I, I thought not many players would have even refused to go on for a football pitch. That would have done it for most players. That would have been them out the, them out the club. Um, but I mean, was it Tevez a few years ago, wasn't it? He, he, he they, 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 you know, made him train with the kids for months. Um, but yeah, it's Ronaldo 
being bigger than thinking he's bigger than Man United. Uh, simple as that. Um, one of the one of the things Sir Alex Ferguson has always said: not one not one player is ever bigger than his club. And I really believe Ten Hag has that philosophy as well. I think Ten Hag's been really good with how he's handled the whole Ronaldo thing, if I'm honest. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of other managers that have been forced to play him, wanted to put him on the bench, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, it's it is bad taste, and it's and you know what, it is really going to tarnish him. Um, like. I was thinking this the other day, before this season, if someone had asked me, you know, Ronaldo or Messi, I was, really wouldn't have known. But I think in my head, he's really tarnished himself. So I'm like, Messi now? Um, I think, yeah, it, it's 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 not, a, it's not a good one. I think it will, will sour his legacy at Man United quite a lot. I really do. I know things get easier over time, but that's always going to be there, especially doing it with Pierce Morgan, the little rat. Um, it's, it's probably not ideal, but yeah, he, he's got his move, hasn't he? He's the only player at the World Cup of our club, which is quite hilarious. It looks like he's off to Saudi Arabia for two hundred million a year. It's just no one wants him. So, and that's and that's the reason. Man United would have, would have sold him in the summer. All reports, if if someone had come in and paid the price, they'd have sold him in the summer because he wanted to leave. It's not like he was forced to stay. And then um, Ten Hag's not played him. I completely agree with everything you've just said about Ten Hag. And then. Um, I just wish Ronaldo had kind of done this at the end of the season, not in the middle of the season. And I know he's done it to force a move, but because actually the only, the only the only person that's come out of this buzzing, Ronaldo's not buzzing, Man United's not buzzing, the fans aren't buzzing, Ten Hag's buzzing because he's yeah. got exactly what he wanted, and he's got he's got his main man now back to performing brilliantly, Rashford. Oh, abs- oh. Absolutely, and and just before we um, uh, uh, we move on to to the World Cup. Baz, anything to add on the on the Ronaldo story? Well, he's, he's an icon, isn't he? And obviously, he's not shining at the moment, and he wants to be the shining light of Man United. But watch Ted Ten Hag doesn't want him, and it's the old come back, come back to the old club. Like Swansea's has done it a few times, signing old old players, and they haven't done as well as they did before. And is that Ronaldo's fault, or is it the club's fault? Ten Hag's fault? To me, I think it's worked out best for both both parties, really. Man United, yes, I'd probably pay him a certain amount to probably pay him out his contract, but he's, he's off the books now. Uh, Ten Hag's happy, obviously, because he's not in his plans at all. And Ronaldo's a free agent, he can go wherever he wants. So, yeah, he's going to probably sell because he's not got no club, but that's his problem. He shouldn't really spoke out as he should. He was saying that it wasn't just a couple of people, it was a lot of people that was... That was saying that they didn't want him and his face didn't fit and all that. But and day, going public is it wasn't the right thing for him. And the day, I think it's worked out all right for him. To be honest, his free agent. It's worked out all right for everyone at the end of the day. Like yeah. you know, fine, no problem. See you later, move on. Um, you're still a legend in my eyes at the club. You just uh, un- and you just haven't handled yourself very well because you're a bit of a petulant, pathetic child at times. And yeah. that's some- sometimes these people at the top level of the game and the greatest people of all time. They have this this mentality. You see it with with all the best. Yeah, you see it with people like Verstappen in Formula One. Pathetic with Perez, you know, and anyone who's not watching Formula One, but you know, we're not letting Perez back past in Brazil was ridiculous. All this sort of stuff. These people who are these these elite people, this for some reason they have this thing in their minds. But uh, let's talk about the World Cup. So we tried to get that down to about 12, 13 minutes. That wasn't too bad. Uh who's impressed you 
lads, so far. Who's, uh, who's, who's really stuck out for you as a shining light as a team? Scott, you've watched most of the games. Yeah, it's it's going to be a bit of a boring answer. Uh, France. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't think there was a lot. There should have been more noise about France coming into it. I think we've got into this pressure that Qatar's a really hot country and therefore you South American teams, Brazil and Argentina, are going to be the big, big favourites. But I think we're really, really sort of, not, you know, downplayed how much this aircon and these cooler pitches are because I don't think the heat has really come into it at all. Um, so France, France for me have been the best team. They've looked amazing. I've enjoyed every single second of watching them. Um, and for France, Mbappe, funny enough, has stuck out. <laughs> uh, I would say Dembele last game was the best player on the pitch for me. I thought it was fantastic. Um, the fact that they rested their first eleven as we as we're talking now, they're playing in a bit of a dead rubber for them. So they've rested their first eleven. The, the eleven they've got out now could easily win the World Cup. Like it, their strength and depth is amazing. Um, and then just one person to add in that French team who just delivers, 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 delivers. Uh, Olivier Giroud, what a player! You know, he's only he's only in the, he's only been playing because they've had a couple of injuries. Had Benzema and Unkunku both injured. He's come in and he's delivered for that French team, just like he's really delivered for his clubs throughout his year. I, I think he's one of those players that's really underrated for what he's done his goal scoring price as well I think is he out and out the number one now he's definitely at least top with Henri um, yeah for me I've been really really impressed by France Baz I mean I, I can, I, I'm just going to say I completely agree with everything you just said Scott as boring as it is for a podcast because I do uh, Baz um, yeah same again probably France but um, obviously the shocks have, have been brilliant um, Shane Wales didn't pull one off last night, but it is what it is. Um, but the shocks like Saudi Arabia they played against Argentina, they went one nil down, one two one. Japan, one nil down, one two one, and then they go and get beat by Costa Rica. It's crazy. You think, wow, Japan should beat Costa Rica since they shipped seven goals against Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and in Canada, unfortunately for them, mm. they played really well against Belgium. And then Croatia, yeah, they, they had to come out a bit against them and then got spanked for one. <laughs> so Brazil have been really good, but we knew they were going to be good anyway. Um, they, 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 same again with their um, second string could be World Cup contenders. But they are two favourites anyway. And then for me, before anyway, before the tournament started, I had, I had England as third favourites anyway with the, with the team. The only problem that England got, and Southgate's too negative, he, he let them loose in the second half against Wales, and and they looked rampant. Um, they looked ridiculously good. It helped that Danny Wharton back into the, the Leicester at the start of the season. Uh, <laughs> he yeah, did, Taking a step to the free kick and, and getting himself all in a mess for Rashford's second, and then Ben Davis picking his nose on that left back. <laughs> Um, and again, tackled by Rashford, but but yeah, it's it's been one of them. It's been very hard to predict teams because I I did a a, a pre um, tournament prediction and I've got some right, I've got some extremely wrong. But that's football, and if I had to pick anyone to probably win it now, I'd probably say Brazil because they're looking really good. Yeah, Neymar was injured, but they got Richardson. Casemiro stepped up and scored a great volley. Um, but yeah, 
that that I can talk about the World Cup for ages because I just just love watching it. Scott, you're um, I, know, I know you're a big um, Southgate South Southgate fan uh, for yeah. for all the right reasons. On Baz's comment of it being too negative, and that's England's problem. Do you do you think that's justified with the uh, USA game in the first half against Wales and any other games as well to take into account with that? Yeah, I, I disagree with Baz, but Baz is, I'm definitely in the minority here. I think a lot of people have that opinion about Southgate. I've backed Southgate ever since he came into the job um, through thick and thin. Uh, I've, I've, you know, he's, he's our best performing manager ever, apart from the guy who won the World Cup, Alf Ramsey. So it's like, I hate how fickle football fans are. We all are. I am. Everyone is. We do it on a podcast when someone has a good game. Let's get them in a, a fantasy football team. But it's I said after the USA game, yes, it was dull, it was boring, and it, and it, it was potentially too negative. But at the end of the day, if we'd come out a bit more, USA had won that, we're not then in control of that group anymore. Uh, it's a tournament. It's not, you know, it's not just a one-off game against USA at, at that moment in time. I think Southgate's done brilliantly. Um, I think he expected, you know, I'll be honest, I expected Wales to come out with a lot more passion than they did. Uh, for me, you, they looked like they knew they were going to lose the game before it started. Um, I think one of the best things about this World Cup is seeing the passionate Welsh fans. I think they've been fantastic. Um, so I think Southgate expected some kind of, you know, you know, passion going into tackles. Hopefully. So he's, he's played quite, you know, solid in that first half. Um, and in the second half, yeah. I mean, that first half wasn't great, but don't forget we had a, we had a very good chance early on. Um when uh, Kane put uh, Rashford, Rashford, Rashford yeah. Through, yeah, and uh, to be fair, it was a really—I thought it was a really good save, and Danny Ward's come out really well there. Um, and if that goes in, it's a different game entirely because then Wales have to win the game. You know, I think we can maybe catch them on a counter a couple of times, but I think I think Southgate is so—he gets so much bad criticism when he doesn't deserve it. Like I think Paddy Power done it well. They've got reversible jumper that says Sir Gareth, and, Sa- and then the other side it says Southgate out, and that's pretty much what managers, uh, what England fans think. In a minute, it's Sir Gareth. A few days ago, it was Southgate out. So, at the end of the day, we we looked into this and went like, if everything goes to plan, we're playing France in the quarterfinals, and it is what it is. Oh yeah, it? Like, oh, 100%. Like, we go out, we go out to France in the quarterfinals. I don't think anyone can turn around and say. It's a disappoint. It is a disappointing tournament, but we've also gone out to France. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, big big Southgate fan. I think he's made some good calls. I love the fact that he's, you know, I would I would like to see Foden, Saka, and Rashford behind um, Kane against Senegal instead of Mount and yeah, Sterling. instead of Mount and then Bellingham and Rice holding. Yeah, I think that's at the minute our best four uh, attacking players. How can you drop Rashford after what he did against the Welsh? Like, yeah, so you can't. I mean, Rashford's Rashford, rightfully so, has had a lot of criticism over the last two years. He's not been anywhere near good enough compared to the level that he. We all know that he could have this season. He, he's been back. He's looked unbelievable. The level that he showed that season before, before he got the fractured his lower back, he was just he. He looks it looks unbelievable. Um, should have had Atrit yesterday, to be fair. Um, I think with the Southgate thing on, on the negativity, um, he's just navigating a tournament for me. Like, uh, he he definitely would should have or would have, if he wanted to win the USA game, definitely he'd have taken Mount off and brought Foden on or 
done something along there. But as soon as he took Bellingham off and brought Henderson on to make sure he gained control of that midfield, we all knew what he was doing. He was making sure we didn't lose to the USA because then we stayed in control of the game. I think if we'd played like that in a friendly against the USA, then I think absolutely justified to say why the hell are we being so negative. But Mm -hmm. yeah, we've just not got to lose the game. And then I'm not being funny. Wales are never going to beat us 4 0. So we're into the knockouts. So. Well, when we played like that against Wales as well, we played in the first half. Like, we wanted to contain Wales. We we expected them to come out probably a little bit more. But I think Wales just, it was just difficult. But I'll go to Wales in just one second on it. But I think for, for on, on the game, but for, for England perspective, it was right. Don't lose this match. Keep ourselves ahead. Uh, keep ourselves ahead. Keep ourselves top of the group. Keep ourselves in, 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 a, in a strong position. As long as we don't concede, you know, most likely USO beat Iran, but you never never know. And we'd rely on our quality, and then a touch of quality from from Rashford, some great pressing as well. As much as you know, Ben Davis fell asleep. It, it's it was still you know it, it was it was still a much better performance from us to um, a touch of quality and um, a uh, yeah uh, a good bit of pressing. Baz on on Wales because we'll we'll come come back to to England in in, in a minute about the latter stages. Um, I'm, me and Scott said this before we started recording the podcast. We're, we're genuinely interested in, in your opinion from from a Welsh perspective on the tournament. Rob Page, Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, the generation. Is this the end of an era? Is it not? What's your take on Wales? So it came. The World Cup came four years too late for all players. You've got Bale. In my eyes, has passed it now. Um, he can't do as well as he did. He's like, he, I was shocked he played both the ninety minutes, even because he was he was just a passenger for us, and we didn't need that. We try and obviously do like a containment. We contain obviously uh, as we did in the first half. But when you got to win a game, you can't play like that, and it, it just seems odd. And, and obviously, when you've got a defensive coach like Robert Page who played de- defense. He's going to set up like that anyway. And we can only play what we've got. And for me, what, what was the frustrating about the old tournament was we played well in the second half against US, USA because we moved the ball quicker. We got it quicker up to more, more draw fouls. We flicked, more flicked it on. We had runners off him. And and that's how Wales should play, get the ball up quicker to more. Instead of this, playing it around the back, we're not Barcelona. We're not quality of England or France or Brazil were Wales we, and that was the frustrating just get it up forward I know it doesn't look pretty but in a day if we win more games it looks we wouldn't be bothered if we we, we played like a Wimbledon get it long to the big man mm-hmm. and that's what he's yeah. good for yeah he's good on the floor and all this but but yeah just get it up to him draw the fouls I, I didn't see enough of that and we and especially in the Iran game and and I think because we had aging players, the Iran game at 10 a.m. killed us because it was 28 degrees plus. And Bale, Ramsey, Joe Allen, Ben Davis, people that's 30, 30 plus, who's had a, a, quite a, a long season of such, shall we say, um, apart from Bale, who's wrapped in bubble wrap. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it struggled, and you could see. It progressively got worse, and... And I, I did a prediction with um, Dan Clark on on the formation that Wales should play, and it was near enough spot on because Conor Roberts was shocking against Iran. He was he lost the ball so many times, 
So I thought, right, I'll go for a flat back four, Ben Davis, Mepham, Roden, and Necker Worms at, at right back. And then two defensive mid, midfielders, uh, Allen and, and Apadu, and then Ramsey getting more more forward. Because when he's when he's let off that leash and he can get a bit forward, he can create stuff. And and that's where you want Ramsey to, to have a free role of such. James not looked good enough. He hasn't played enough time. I just started Brennan Johnson over James because uh, obviously he's had a good season with Forrest at the moment. Um, Keith Moore is Keith Moore. I've touched upon him. And Bale is just a passenger. Um, do you think that... You, they... can't, you can't drop him because it's Bale. It's like think... a Christian factor for us. Do you think that he's... Um, <laughs> quick, quick short answer on this one. Do you think that's him and Ramsey done? Yes. I um, it's interesting. I, I it's for it's, the Wales team. It's so I I completely agree with what you say about the four years too late because I mean you got to the semis of the Euros in 2016, didn't you? Yeah. Like, and then you you got knocked out in the group stage. It's Serbia and Republic. I looked at this earlier. Serbia and Republic of Ireland and knocked you out of the group stages in the 2018 qualifications for the World Cup. And it's yeah. it almost it almost just feels like that was your World Cup. You should have qualified for. That that mm-hmm. feels that, and it feels like this has come. They'll be like, it's amazing to qualify for it, and I, I think it's 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 all good. Scott, you're making lots of funny faces. I just got the Australia Denmark game on there, which is interesting <laughs> to listen to Baz um, and Australia just scored against Denmark, so quite interesting because Tunisia just scored against France, so Tunisia were going through. But if you give that a little cheeky refresh, oh, you will God. see that the uh... it's not not done it yet. No, Tunisia's still going through. Oh, a goal difference, is it? Yeah. Oh, well, they need a favour from France, then, don't they? Mm. Interesting. And then it's... if Denmark, but if Denmark turn it around, they're going through. Quite an interesting one. But yeah, really interesting to hear that. Um, but um, I, I think it's quite sad to see. And plus, this. plus with Wales as well is we haven't got enough young players coming through. We'll probably have to rely on uh, England C teams to, <laughs> uh, to to get them across. Um, but. Yeah, we've got obviously Ollie Cooper at uh, Swansea, who was um, a backup for the World Cup, and he's looking pretty good. But it's it's that it's the same old story. We've got some some players that play in the Premier League, and but not everyone. So mm-hmm. you, we've brought Joe Morell on, who plays for Portsmouth in League One. You're not going you're not going to get far in 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 competitions when that happens. And the rise of Kiefer Moore from Ten years ago, he was playing. He, he scored against Torquay, um, or some. He scored for Torquay or something like that, and he <laughs> scored in Champions League final. Decent team, Torquay, mate. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <Scott>. yeah. <laughs> the only team below is in the National League, Torquay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's um, let's let's move it on back onto uh, back onto England. And talking about um, moving, uh, a couple of other key questions that I wanted to uh, to ask uh, your opinion on as well, Scotty. Um, Mr. Maguire has had a lot of criticism, yep. um, rightly so, for playing for Manchester United. To be fair, he's been terrible for a little while. But um, and obviously the England Germany game didn't cover him in, in a lot of glory. He had a lot of pressure on coming to this tournament. What have you made of him though in the uh, the last three games? I think he's been the best player for us. Genuinely, think he's the best player for us in this tournament. Uh, I've not seen him lose a header against anyone. He's going back to that Maguire where he thinks he's like prime Beckenbauer coming out from the back. Um, One, two, you know, Mag- and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you know, Maguire's cross against Wales. I went out for a throw, but... Yeah. 
Hey, he could start up front for Wales, mate. Yeah, he's been fantastic. And and I think the fact that we've not really talked about Maguire in, in, the, in the media much means that he's doing well. I think it could have been a really sticky situation if he started really nervously in that first game uh, against Iran. He makes a couple of errors and everyone's talking, right, do we get... Do we get Connor Cody in? Do we have to go three centre-backs? Does Walker move across when he's fit? The fact that we've not had to discuss that and we're three games in, we're almost halfway through a World Cup, I think that's just brilliant for England. I think mean, it's brilliant for Man United. It's brilliant for you as a Man United fan because if he has another couple of good games, hopefully more than a couple of good games, he's going to come back from this World Cup, hopefully for your sake, like the old Harry Maguire, and he's going to take that forward because honestly, I think he's been fantastic. Uh, don't get me wrong, he's had protection in front of him when we've got the two holding holding midfielders there. Um, but I mean, someone like a Casemiro is going to give him that for Man United anyway. So yeah, it, it's been really nice to see Harry Maguire probably back to his best. I would say. I think but, the partner, the partnership that they've got with Maguire and Stones works really well for him. Yeah. I think that helps a lot, especially they're both Yorkshiremen as well. I think. Yeah. So, so they've got a good bond in in that that front anyway, and I think the the characteristics on how Stones plays to how Maguire plays balances really well. You've got Maguire that can play, but you've got Stones who can 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 play. So mm-hmm. that's that's why I think Maguire looks safe because he trusts Stones and Stones trust Maguire and. And I think that works pretty well. Back three or back four against Senegal, Scott? Uh, back four. Think. Back, back three or back four against France if we get through? Um, have we played a back three yet? Not in the, in the tournament? No, uh, we'll back four, I think. I'll just just keep it as it is. You see, I'm... I'll I'm, change I'm, it if it's not broke. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think Southgate will go back to back five, back three. But again, if we play France... And I think he'll it'll, it'll put Walker in the middle and play Trips. He'll put Walker on the right of the three, Stones in the middle, then Maguire. Then he'll put Trips right wing back and Shaw left. I, I think. Yeah. I think he'll do but, that to deal with the the Dembele and Mbappe yeah. and and Giroud. I think. And I do you know why? It's, changes. It's not. It's, it's not the worst thing. You've got to be flexible. You've got to do stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm. I think it's a much better manager than me, but. Uh, I think we've got a fantastic team to beat France. Honestly, I think if we play yeah. that game, we play back five, we definitely start Rashford in that game because on the counter-attack balls over the top, that's how he plays for United and gets most of his goals. But he has to start that game against France if we get through because he is the perfect player in that team in that point alongside someone like Kane who can drop in a bit deeper at that point as well. I think we've actually got a squad that can deal with that game. And I think we've got players that can deal with that sort of... I mean, let's definitely not get ahead of ourselves. Senegal are a quality side. I mean, I know they don't have a Mane, but, you know, they, oh, they, they don't... They have vulnerabilities. Mendy was shocking. Um, we should win the game, but I'm not saying yeah, we should win the game. you'll win the game. I think you'll win it at least, uh, probably 3-0. I'll stick yeah. neck at you, will win it 3-0. It's, uh, we'll, win on, we'll, all, we'll win on penalties. We always win on penalties, though. Who's so. <laughs> this guy yeah. for Australia? Oh, my God, what a player. Um... Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. They're the, African, they're, the, they're, they're the best team. Well, the African Cup of Nations champions, aren't they? So, like, they they're they're a quality side. So let's let's hope we yeah. uh, hope we get hope we get past it. Um, the front three against Senegal. Obviously, it's going to be a uh, a conversation to have. Um, do you think it's? I mean, 
I'm not asking what you think you should because you've already said that, Scott. What you think mm-hmm. it should be? What do you? What who do you think he'll play? Do you think he'll go uh, out of Foden, Rashford, Saka, Sterling, and then obviously Mount Bellingham? Who do you think? How do you think we'll set up? I think he'll put Bellingham back to alongside with Declan, and then I think he'll. I do think he'll bring Mount back in. Yeah. Um, I think he'll bring Mount back in. I think he'll put Foden on the bench. He'll bring Saka back in. And I think he'll bring. Um, I think he'll, he's got to keep Rashford in. So I think Sterling will kiss on the bench. Um, I think all England fans would rather that Mason Mount be a Phil Foden. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I, I back Southgate. I think Foden plays better on one of those sort of slightly wider roles. Anyway, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't. I don't really yeah, want to see him in a like an inverted winger coming in. It comes um, off a lot, a lot fouls of fouls and stuff like that. Yeah. It's his mount in the ten is is better, and you know that's why Madison's kind of in the squad as well. Not that he's going to get any minutes, but like it's um, he's still injured anyway. I don't even he's injured. No, but, uh, he's available now. Is he available now? But that's that's the sort of if he wants to play a ten, I think it's going to be um, be mount at the at the end of the day. I would just but, say something really quick. I don't know if you're going to come on to it. I know we talked a lot about England. Sure. Someone that has stolen my heart quite a lot. Callum Wilson, one unselfish player. You're playing in probably, let's be honest, he's probably the only World Cup he'll ever play. And he's had so many times where he could have had a shot, but the better option was to pass. Um, you saw it for Grealish's goal in the opener. There was a couple of times against Wales. Do you know what? He, he, he's done so well, I think, when he's come on. Um, I actually wanted him to start over Kane if Kane wasn't 100% fit against Wales. Um, I think he's been brilliant. Again, I completely agree with that, Scott. What a boring thing to do on a podcast. <laughs> but uh, I do. I, I I agree. I want. I wish. I wanted him to start actually against Wales. The problem you've got with Kane is he drops far too deep. But then he's he's got the runners runners off him. And if he didn't have them runners off him, like what obviously he's, he's had with Spurs in the last couple of um, games, is he hasn't had anyone run off him. So you've got no vocal point up front. But when you've got like your Saka and your Rashfords and, and that stay up anyway, so that helps him a lot. And I like I like Wilson up front. To be honest, I think uh, it's a very good uh, option on the bench um, because of the unselfishness. He, he picks the right option. He's been doing it a lot for Newcastle as well, picking when to shoot, when to pass, and, and obviously uh, Armron's flourished in that. But yeah, um, I think I can't I can't argue with the uh, front three. Uh, of of Kane, Saka and Rashford. I think yeah. if he drops Rashford, I think uh, people call for his head. But mm-hmm. he's had he's had he's had people call for his head for a lot worse. So yeah. Um, so t- groups. Just to quickly touch on the rest of these groups before I, I touch on a couple of bits of FPL news and and, and wrap up. Um, obviously, Netherlands and Senegal have qualified from Group A. England and USA have qualified from Group B. England will face Senegal, and Netherlands will face the uh, the United States of America. Uh, Group C at the moment we've got uh, Poland, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, and Mexico. Um, those games tonight are Poland against Argentina and Saudi Arabia against Mexico. Poland against Argentina. I mean, the, these I, I genuinely couldn't really call how this this group's going to end. I'd have thought Argentina would get a result against Poland, and then Saudi Arabia against Mexico. Ugh. Who, who knows, really? Um, it's it's an exciting one. Looking like at the moment, France and Australia are going through. That could have that could have changed, but first and second in that group. Um, group E, we've got Germany bottom of Group E with one point. Spain top with with four. Then Japan and Costa Rica in the middle. 
Germany play Costa Rica and Spain play Japan. So again, that 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 group is anything can happen, and it's very exciting going into the um, into the last last set of games. I think and German then, fans will have the half and half Germany Spanish shirts out for that one, won't they? Absolutely. Um, and then uh, just to come back to Group F in a second, but but Group G, Brazil top and through, then you know Switzerland in, in second. I think Switzerland are a good course. Did Brazil play Switzerland actually in the last game of that? I don't actually know that. Who did they play? Did Brazil play Switzerland? No, they already played them. So um, uh, Serbia yeah. play Switzerland. They oh, of course. They beat them 1 0, Casemiro, didn't they? Of course, they were a great goal. Serbia play Switzerland. They hate each other, don't they? That that's good. That, that could be that's a, a uh could be a feisty game. That one, um, yeah, looking it'd be, great, it'd be a great game, I think that will be, yeah. I'll uh, that'd be a good one. And obviously, Portugal go top Ghana, South Korea, and Uruguay. Anything can happen between these guys. Um, the last can we point... just say a little, um, a little uh, Luis Suarez versus uh, Ghana round, yeah. Two. <laughs> yeah, remember when we were Alex watching that, yeah, I do. Well, but um, I. I I just I just can't stand Suarez so much. <laughs> I, I, I find I find it even hard to speak about him. Like, um, yeah. Anyway, um, Uruguay have been I think quite disappointing this tournament. Horrendous. Uh, along those guys, along with Belgium, for me have been the biggest disappointments. Um, Belgium had their World Cup, didn't they, four years ago, getting to coming third, losing to France in the semis, and. Um, just feels like a bit of an end of an era for that team by the sounds hey, of it. They're all Germany's been out. a disappointment as well. Yeah. Germany, yeah, Germany. The thing is with Germany, they're in a transition period again. Like they were yeah. before Jakim Lowe took over. I think uh, they'd be struggling for years, but Russian won't win it or something. <laughs> I've said that. Yeah. It's mad. Wow. Germany, like they were like five finals and won two World Cups in seven World Cups. Like it was something ridiculous. Like I've seven World Cups in a row, they'd got to five finals and won two of them. Between like the six sixties and the nineties, they were they were just re- relentless. Um, but then they obviously won one in two thousand. Did they win twenty fourteen? Twenty fourteen wasn't it? They won. Yeah, because Spain won twenty ten. So they won the twenty fourteen. But, uh, but yeah, they've been disappointment. But we'll all wait and see how it all uh, comes out in the wash. Looks like um, if France get through again, they'll be uh, the team that England play uh, in the quarters. If we manage to get through, looks like it's a was it Portugal. Semi and then Brazil final. If uh, if it goes to goes to form, I will the check. Stars that. align. That is correct. Yeah, um, I uh, had a look at that earlier. Um, the uh, the predictors have all got it being a France Brazil final and Brazil Argentina in the semis. But we will see. Um, to quickly touch now, Scott. If you've got a shoot, Scott, just, just I'm going to do the couple of bits of, of FPL news anyway. Now, um, so. Uh, don't don't I won't be offended if you do need to log off. The um, couple of bits of fantasy Premier League news. So and he's gone. The double game weeks were announced for game weeks 19, 20, and twenty three. So um, they're all a bit crap, really. If I'm honest, uh, I know that there's a lot of games still to reschedule, but we've got Chelsea in game week nineteen playing City at home, Fulham away, and then Fulham playing Leicester away and Chelsea at home. But that doesn't mean they say Fulham have a double game week in game week 19. City and Spurs have their double game weeks in game week 20. And Arsenal and City have their double game weeks in game week 23. Uh, the game week double game week in game week 20 only happens if Man City and Spurs don't have to take part in an FA Cup third round replay. So City having a double game week in 20 and 23. We come back in game week 17. So, you know, again, we're all going to have 
City assets anyway, just, just to see how many of them we can get in. But uh, Chelsea and Fulham were quite interesting, actually, in terms of their game week 19 double game week. And the reason why I say that is because Chelsea have, if it lets me scroll to that, Chelsea have Bournemouth and Forest when they come back from the World Cup. So keep an eye out on Chelsea assets because they have Bournemouth Forest, a double game week, which includes Fulham, then Crystal Palace. They do have Liverpool away in game week 21, but then Fulham again in game week 22, West Ham and Southampton up to game week 24. So they've got a really good run of fixtures, Chelsea, if they manage to um, to piece a, piece a run together. And Fulham, again, yeah, someone like Mitrovic, even a Pereira as a fifth fifth, uh, fifth midfielder. Palace away, Southampton at home. Then they have a Leicester-Chelsea double game week before they have Newcastle, Spurs and Chelsea all back-to-back 2020-2021 So they're, they're tough games. But, um, I mean, with Palace-Southampton and then a double game week, it basically locks Mitrovic into my team as the third striker pretty much. So um, it's well worth keeping an eye on these, the, these players because... <clears throat> The other point I'll make is the World Cup quarterfinals are in uh, the 10th, I think it's 10th and the 11th or 9th and the 10th of December. The if you if if players and if teams get past that point, then they'll have a third and fourth place game on the 17th, at least, if not the World Cup final on the 18th. So it's over a week's difference if you get knocked out in the quarters to if you get through in the quarters. So the Premier League starts on the 26th of December. So what I'm at, that's 16 days from the quarterfinals until the start of the Premier League season. I don't think we need to worry too much about the players coming back from the World Cup who get knocked out quarterfinals and before. I think it's going to be the four teams that make the semi-finals that we really need to pay attention to in terms of our fantasy assets. Um, they're the ones that they they probably won't feature in in um, at least two, if not if not all three, but probably two of the three close together game weeks, 17, 18 and 19, that all happen about four days apart from each other in December and the first week of January. Um, so that that's, I know that a lot of people haven't spent a lot of time thinking about fantasy now and that they really, they really shouldn't spend that long thinking about it. But um, yeah, the double game weeks, some of them have been announced and uh, I think that's what we should be, be paying attention to. But we will do a, a, a fantasy podcast prior to uh, game week 17 and post World Cup final and that'll be the next time that you hear from us on the uh, on the All In Football podcast anything to add Barry before I wrap up sir no perfect thank you very much um, so thank you everybody, uh, thank you ever so much for everybody who's tuned in hope you've enjoyed our chat about the World Cup uh, hopefully it's coming home obviously Paz doesn't feel that way but hopefully it's coming home and um, uh, we'll, we will see you prior to the game week 17 oh, deadline also Happy birthday, Jack. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jack. I mean, it, it's his birthday. We're recording on the 30th, so uh, this will probably go on the 30, uh, 31st, no, 31st of November, on the 1st of December. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks ever so much for everyone who uh, who's tunes in and listens. Don't forget to follow us on our uh, socials, on Football Pod, on Football P, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, I uh, look forward to speaking to you all in about three weeks' time. Thanks a lot and bye for now. <laughs>